Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. I'm really happy to bring forth another guest that's going to share her wisdom and experience, uh, mostly from the HR perspective, but she has a lot of different areas where she can uh, lend her perspectives. But uh, thanks, Nora, for, for, for joining us. And uh, uh, we'll get into a little bit more of your background, but uh, if you can give us a little bit of a perspective of what you're doing now, and then we'll get into more of like what we were like as a kid growing up, uh, whether you loved HR and, and maybe uh, a few uh parts of the road of the journey to get here. So if you can start off with a bit of what you're doing now, and then we'll get into more about your background later. Thanks, Ricky. You're, you're going to make me go back and, 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 and relive some of my childhood secrets. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I'm currently an HR business partner at Enbridge. Been uh, with the organization for about three years. Um, and during my time at Enbridge, I've I've worked as an HR generalist and a talent acquisition advisor. And now as of recently, um, I've gotten the opportunity to be a HR business partner. That's amazing. And yeah, hopefully we don't get into the, the skeletons of the closet or anything that you don't want to. But I, I, I do like to give folks a bit of perspective of like uh, how, how they were like kind of growing up and, and oftentimes uh, how, how you were as a, as a kid might be relevant to, to how uh, the, the audience members were growing up. And if they can draw some parallels, then it's that, then it was good. So if you can kind of go back to as far back as you want to go, uh, but like, what were you like as a kid? Were you always drawn into HR? Was that always something that you wanted to do, like being people oriented? Or how are you influenced by by like your, your parents or your family or whatever around you? So getting folks a bit of perspective on that would be, would be awesome. Sure. Um, my experience um, actually as a kid um, and, and, and thinking about what I wanted to be when I grew up is, is completely different than where I actually am now. So mm. as, a, as a young kid, I was actually very reserved and quiet, actually. Okay. Um, I just loved the arts and, and getting my hands dirty and anything creative. So I had always thought that I would pursue something creative for my career. Um, I, I just had a natural talent for arts. I was a great drawer, painter, um, and I had even gotten to the point where I learned to sew um, and was designing and making my own outfits. Um, but coming from an immigrant family that had sacrificed a lot for me to have the opportunity to be educated in Canada, I felt the pressure to move and into a more conventional path for my university education, something more practical, um, but I could never see myself pursuing something that was um, like science or engineering. Um, so I enrolled in business at Todd Rogers. I figured business had a ton of um, majors uh, and I could kind of figure out where I fit in after the first year. Um, and, and during my first year at that point, I still didn't know that I wanted to be in HR. I had um, enrolled and I thought, okay, well, I am a super creative person. And, 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 and I thought, well, maybe marketing could be a good fit for me because there's that creativity aspect. You have a lot of advertising and, and some of the marketing courses were uh, my favorite in my first year. But then I fell in love with organizational behavior. So that was the first HR course that I got exposure to. Um, and it made me fall in love with the psychology uh, behind HR. And I looked at it as the psychology of the business. And there's a lot of ways where you can actually get creative within HR with all of the programs and processes um, that we help design for organizations. So 
long story short, I fell in love with HR because of that psychology piece. Um, and I majored in it and I have been loving it. So I haven't looked back. So that's kind of my um, not very straight path to majoring in HR and working in HR. Yeah, and if you're willing to share a little more, I think uh, a lot of folks might uh, resonate with what you said about uh, like uh, going one path and then feeling pressures <laughs> from, from family, from culture and whatever. So can, can you uh, talk a little bit more about the, that experience? Like uh, as you were kind of navigating uh, like your, your interest in like creativity and drawing and, and, and like fashion design or whatever, <laughs> making your own clothes and then uh, saying, okay, now I got to do something more kind of traditional, conventional, but the typical like doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer <laughs> come, come to mind and that you had those. So, so how, how did you kind of uh, deal with that? So, so um, was there like a uh, period where, where you kind of introspected and, and, and had to do that? Or was it just kind of a, a mandate uh, uh, from your parents or, or like, t- tell us a little bit about that period if you, if you can go into that. Yeah. So, I mean, my, I come from a family of professionals. So my father's an engineer. Um, my mom had her university degree and her master's and, and all of my extended family, they're all professionals. So they're either accountants, doctors, lawyers, et cetera, as you mentioned. And there was almost like an expectation um, that wasn't said to go into something that's a little bit more conventional. I think that if I had chosen a creative path for whether it was college or or university or whatever I think that my parents would have still supported me Um, but I felt that I felt that pressure to conform um, and 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 follow in the footsteps of everybody in my family and what I thought they would be proud of um, for me having said that I've always also been just personally um, somebody that you know gravitated towards business if it wasn't going to be the arts or or, or, or doing something creative it was going to be business I I did look at the possibility of merging business with some kind of art so at Ryerson there was um there was retail retail management for example and and that was almost like a window to the fashion and creative realm um I also looked at you know how do you become an art dealer for example right because that that that's that's business with art and and even Ryerson at some point had um a major that was um, fashion and business focused outside of the Ted Rogers program. But ultimately, you know, as, and I think maybe as the oldest child in my family, um, I, I did feel there was this, I did feel the responsibility and the pressure to go into something that's a little bit more conventional. But what I told myself was that if I did want to get creative and if I did crave that within my career, that there's always the opportunity in HR to work in any industry, right? So I could have always worked in a creative-based industry. And I think that being a creative individual um, is always an added strength if you use it in your work. So like I had mentioned, um, some of the projects that I really get excited about is creating um, organ. Um, creating talent programs because you get really get creative on how you market it how this talent program is going to work um so 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 creating different types of initiatives and programs within hr whether that's in talent management recruitment diversity inclusion gives me that opportunity to get creative um, without dedicating myself in a creative space looking back at it now i am happy with the decision i made um just because i feel i feel that my career right now is is fulfilling um, for me. Uh, my brother, however, did pursue a creative degree, so I also um, 
get a little bit of a snapshot and a window to that life. So yeah, I think right now I kind of got the best of both worlds. Cool. So you can kind of live vicariously through your brother a little bit. <laughs> so the exactly, arts thing, exactly. And now that I see it and I see how technical things are, I think maybe this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. And, I, and I'm kind of happy about what I stuck with because, yeah, it can get very technical um, and, and very tedious, which is great for some people. But I don't know if, if, if that is what I had envisioned when I wanted to go into something creative when I was younger. I think that's a, that's a great perspective because it shows how like someone uh, kind of aspired to be one thing and then made a choice to be another thing, but you had the opportunity to have your, your brother <laughs> kind of take that path and you think, eh, maybe it's the grass is greener type of thing. And, and yeah. maybe it wasn't as green a, a, as you thought, but uh, can, can you, can you walk us through a little bit of your journey um, through, through kind of the business program? So you initially thought like retail management, art dealer, fashion design, or, and then marketing and stuff like that. And then like, um, HR like how, how do you find HR and then uh, how does that um, kind of turn into like, like like your full career and stuff like that so how, how does that happen yeah so so like I said when I went in I initially thought of different options before HR um, and when I took that first HR course I fell in love with the fact that a lot of people think of HR as just the people business but it really is the psychology behind the business and the people and for me that was super interesting and, and very and very mentally stimulating so I, I I majored in HR but my journey actually in engineering um, uh, sorry my journey actually in Ryerson is is, is quite a bumpy one um, so when I think about my journey to where I started and how I was um, you know, there was a lot of bumps uh, and, I, and I'm thankful for that because I feel like if you don't go through that, you'll never actually learn or grow. Um, so my first year at Ryerson, actually, and this was before um, I majored in HR, was actually one of the biggest failures and lessons learned in my life to date. I had just come back from where my parents are originally from, um, Egypt. I had uh, spent my high school in Egypt and I came to Toronto to Ryerson and I was very homesick. Um, and I was having trouble adjusting to my new life in Toronto and the university system in Canada. And as a result of, you know, the state of my mental health, the lack of understanding of just the university system and how, you know, GPAs work and, and, the, and my own personal motivation at that time, you know, not being 100 percent, you know, into business at that at that point, I actually landed myself on probation in the first semester. Okay. And I was required to withdraw in my second semester. Um, and I would say that was one of the biggest turning points um, for me right now um, in, in my life and, and getting me to graduate at, to Ryerson for, for that fear of not being able to graduate with a university degree, um, like everybody in my family. And, and during that time out of school, that's where I got the opportunity to take some extra business courses um, outside and, 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 you know, look at all of all of my options within business and after I took some business courses I got a part-time job and I pled my case to the Ryerson admissions they accepted me back to the program um, and and that's when I got an opportunity to take um, additional courses that's when I took the OB course and, and that's when I majored um, so that's a little bit about you know my journey within university and and how it wasn't always the smoothest road at the beginning unsure of my major having academic issues in the first year and then getting back in and, and getting back on track. Interesting. So one thing that stuck up to, uh, to me um, is I had a recent conversation with someone uh, talking about part-time jobs 
as really a, a foundational element that uh, she recommends pretty much anybody, even in university, even in high school, to have a part-time job because it just has that kind of eye-opening effect on, on things. And and, uh, and obviously yours was in a different context, but uh, would you kind of echo that or would you have a different perspective in terms of how a part-time job um, kind of allowed you to now partake in the working world and saying, okay, this is how it is, whether it's uh, some something as, as simple as like like retail or like quick serve at a restaurant or something like that. But uh, what, what, what was your experience from a part-time job perspective? Yeah, so during that time where I, I was trying to get back into Ryerson and, and when I did get my first time, first part-time job, I, it taught me a lot. It taught me um, a lot about time management. It, I, and and as, a, as a kid, I've always been a shy and reserved person and it got me out of my shell. I worked in retail and, and, and kind of got my first taste of sales. Um, and, and it just taught me a lot of responsibility, um, you know, time management and also uh, <clears throat> made me, um, you know, increase my motivation to go back to school uh, because I didn't want to do sales for the rest of my life. I didn't want to do that specific type of sales. So it really, it taught me basic life skills and also um, gave me perspective on, you know, what do I really want to achieve in my life and, and how, how do I want to focus and, and what would be my next steps moving forward. So I think it's, um, I think the earlier you can get that opportunity to have a part-time job, the better. If I do have children in the future, definitely will be um, trying to get them a part-time job even as early as high school. I think it builds a lot of good basic life skills and, and I didn't have that going into university, which I think um, might've might have hindered me a little bit from you know, being able to manage and just manage all of the, the stress and, 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 and you know, my struggles with time management could have been alleviated if I had already had those skills. And, and you talked a little bit about being kind of shy and reserved uh, dur during like your childhood. And then uh, obviously the part-time job helped you get out of your shell. But but was it kind of uh, like an instantaneous like, uh, yeah, I, I was shy one day and kind of like outgoing the next or like how, how was the, the journey or what were some of the, the helpful tidbits for folks that are kind of in that uh, kind of reserved, more shy state? How would you uh, or what would you recommend to them to, to kind of get out of their shell uh, other than just get a part-time job in retail? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Are there other things that kind of helped you in that journey? I mean, it's progressive, right? You, you know, I as as a child, I was very shy and reserved, and and in high school, I started to open up a little bit when I found my friends group, and and having that first sales job really did help me um, become more comfortable in speaking, you know, publicly with people that I didn't know at all. I think it's progressive. I think that if you Self-awareness is the first step, right? If you've identified that, you know, you do want to get better at being able to socialize and make connections and build relationships with people that might not be in your intimate circle. Um, I think that identifying that is the first step and putting your yourself in positions and opportunities to, to help you develop that a little bit further. So I noticed that I also, and, and to this day, you know, always have a fear of public speaking, for example. So during university, um, I, I, I actively try to participate in case competitions. Um, at work right now, I still struggle with public speaking um, around different types of audiences. So I've, you know, actively put that as a development and I've spoken to my people leader and I will actively put myself in opportunities and positions where I am forced to public speak as much as I don't like it. So I think if people are, are, are shy and reserved and they want 
to improve that or they or they they want to um, develop that skill where you know they're they, they can turn on um, 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 their communication and, and their public speaking I think that putting yourself in opportunities for that growth in different areas either personal or your professional or, or your school life um, is good so for example if you're per, if if in your personal life you feel like you're a little shy um, and, and, and you're reserved, but you do want to get to know people, reach out to your network and see if, if you can go out with a new group of individuals with one of the friends, one of the friends that you already know, right? So it's looking for those opportunities in different buckets and areas in your life. But what I'm taking from that is kind of leveraging your situation that you're in right now and uh, kind of saying, well, in, in the university situation, so things like case competitions or groups of friends reaching out and, and using that time to experiment a little bit, right? So you have uh, different groups of friends that you can tap into. Um, like, yes, you can stay with the same group of friends all the time, but it, once in a while, it's good to explore. Uh, and then as, as you kind of graduate in, in the working world, even leveraging your, your management and, and your leaders to say, hey, uh, I would love these opportunities. If you can put me in those opportunities and that would be helpful too. So it's, it's a never ending journey <laughs> to kind of improve. So uh, would you mind sharing that? Uh, so, so, so you're going through university, you found uh, HR um, and organization behavior. And then, and then uh, did you have like something waiting for you when you graduated? Like, were you uh, one of those people who, yep, I have like a, a couple of terms left and I already have a job waiting for me? Or were you one of those people who like, oh, oh crap, I, I got my diploma and now I'm like, now what do I do? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, my story is, again, a little different um, because so I had a opportunity actually um, to work at a solar company. It was a startup and this was while I was in school. So this was about, I'd say, um, my third official year. But because I had lost that year, um, after I was required to draw, it was really my second year. So I got the opportunity to work part-time at a startup solar company, um, and it was in HR, it was in, as an HR slash admin assistant. Um, and I got the opportunity, it was a referral through one of my contacts. Um, so I started working there part-time, I figured it would be good to get that on my resume. The company grew and, and the company experienced massive growth after about a year that I started. Um, and as a result, they actually offered me a full-time role Still in HR, but with more responsibility. Uh, they had hired a uh, HR manager at the time, and and so what I did was I started to work at that organization full time, nine to five, while I was in school, wow. and I continued my education, um, also full time, but a mix of night classes, online Saturday and summer schools. So I did that up until I graduated, and I had a promotion at that company waiting for me when I graduated. They gave me the role of uh, talent acquisition manager uh, for their sales team at the time. So I didn't have, you know, like a role uh, lined up because due to an internship or, or, you know, campus recruitment, my path was a little bit um, different. It started while I was in university. Cool. And uh, yeah, what I took away from that is uh, try to find a company and, and hope that they grow massively <laughs> so that you have a, a job uh, while you're working slash uh, when, when you're ready to kind of graduate. But uh, that's probably uh, not, not too typical, but, but, that, but that is great that it happened. And then you mentioned uh, kind of uh, talent um, acquisition. And then can you walk us to, from kind of talent acquisition to kind of present day? How, how, how was that uh, journey? And then uh, hopefully we'll get into f topics of, in future uh, episodes to get dive deep into each one of those topics. Yeah. Um, so 
I mean, working at that startup within talent acquisition, I got a ton of recruitment experience in, you know, all different types of roles and at all different levels. I got recruitment experience um, recruiting for really tough uh, to fill roles. So, you know, actively reaching out to passive candidates, hosting, um, you know, events, trying to um, recruit and expand at an exponential rate nationally, um, because at, at, at some point we, that organization had grown um, to open up offices and locations throughout Alberta, um, and then some locations also in the States. So I, I learned a lot on how to recruit passive candidates, different ty- how to recruit for different types of roles, and how to build a scalable recruitment model. Um, so that was really interesting. Uh, and, and I even got the opportunity to work with some uh, recruitment agencies as well to support with that. So that was my experience there. Um, learned a lot, definitely a lot of work, <laughs> but I learned a lot. And then um, when I left that startup organization and joined Emerge, which is a much larger, more established company, um, I also started in, in the recruitment um, department, but it was it was different. Uh, at that point, you aren't working for a company that ex- is experiencing massive growth. Uh, you're working for a much more established organization, uh, but the type of roles are different. Some roles were still equally as difficult to fill uh, because they were in um, certain IT departments or they were fulfilling certain IT um, implementation contracts that we had. Um, I had also um, taken on the responsibility for recruitment at Enbridge for a lot of our student programs. So for example, our EIT rotational program, our co-op program, um, and, and um, our summer students program. Now, you know, that although not very fast paced recruitment, um, the recruitment programs are a lot more complex. The recruitment process can be a lot more lengthy, a lot more, um, uh, there's a lot more steps to it. The assessment is different. Um, so again, learned a lot from, from there as well and, and learned how different types of organizations and different sizes um, recruit differently and their processes differently. And, and the interview process and the application process can completely differ and, and how people tailor their approach when they're applying to uh, different types of uh, companies, right? And a company like Enbridge is so large that you might not be able to build a uh, personal connection with somebody in that department that's in leadership, right? Which you want as a candidate versus uh, a smaller company that was I work, that I when I was working at the solar company, it was small enough that you might actually be able to network and build a personal connection via LinkedIn um, with one of their executives, right? Mm-hmm. So so different approaches, and I've seen candidates do different things. So it was it's a great learning opportunity to com- kind of compare and contrast the two as well. So cool. And then uh, a lot of folks, when they think about HR, they uh, say, oh, that's recruiting, right? And, and HR is obviously more than that. Um, so, so how did you, uh, because now you're more of a, a business partner and, and have moved out of recruiting into other things. So what was the, the, the transition to, uh, to that part like? Yeah, so I always knew going into Enbridge that I wanted to transition out of talent acquisition. I was really good at it, but there's more to HR than just recruitment, right? Like you said, um, there are other areas like, you know, HR advisory or the HR generalist position, which I was in, um, where typically you're aligned to clients um, and you do have almost everything A to Z HR um, that doesn't include recruiting. So it's a lot of 
um, performance management, uh, workforce planning, there's a lot of labor relations, there's succession planning, uh, talent development. Um, so, so, so that's, you know, kind of the HR journalist area. And then just providing day-to-day HR advisory advice to your client groups, right? And then there's compensation, which is another area of HR. There's labor relations. So these individuals in HR specifically specialize and deal with unions and and unionized groups. Um, There is pension and benefits, which I know nothing about, but they sit with us and it's HR. Um, There's talent development. Um, There is HR solutions that deals with our you know, HR technology and analytics, right? Um, so there's there's so many different types of pockets within HR. Um, and, and, and me being in talent acquisition, going into HR advisory, now the HR business partner, um, I don't even think that I've really touched, you know, half of all of the different roles um, and, and groupings within HR, really. But what I'd say is, if somebody is in HR as their career, recruitment is a really good basis to have, and it's a good way to get your foot in the door um, and, and, and learn a lot about your business. Um, HR, the generalist role is also an excellent role to get in to learn about the different types of areas within HR because you touch it at a very surface level um, and learn what you like and what you don't like. And then the HR business partner role again is an is 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 very similar to the generalist role but only thinking a little bit more strategically and long term um and 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 taking a more consultative approach with clients so it's 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 definitely um i definitely recommend those three areas for people that still aren't sure if they want to specialize in their focus for nature and are still just open to learning I think that gives a good perspective in terms of your background and uh, things that uh, you've uh, uh, worked on and uh, different parts of HR. Because, yeah, a lot of folks say that, oh, I'm going to HR, thinking it's this one small thing. <laughs> but meanwhile, there's so, so much to it. Uh, and similar to like like accounting and finance and stuff, each of them are, are large on their own as well. But if you could uh, kind of give yourself a few pieces of uh, swike, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. So uh, from your overall career perspective, you could go back in, uh, to give yourself some advice in whatever stage that you think is relevant. So uh, maybe um, before kind of that first term, <laughs> maybe, uh, or, or maybe you wish that it still happened. And then uh, afterwards, or, or what are some of the, the key um, stuff that you wish you knew earlier that, that you'd give yourself uh, if you had the if you had the chance? Yeah, um, I, I'd say, you know, there's maybe three points that really come to mind. Um, one is, you know, never give up on anything, maintain resilience and determination. If you don't achieve something one time around, learn, adapt and try again. Um, you know, that's the only real way you're going to you're going to move forward and succeed um, in the face of adversity. Uh, another thing I I tell myself is don't wait to make the perfect decision. Just make the best decision based on the information provided in front of you. Um, and don't put yourself under stress and anxiety about, you know, your future career and your next steps. It, it wastes a lot of energy to worry about things before they even happen if they even happen, uh, rather focus that energy on learning and acquiring, you know, the knowledge and skills that will make you more well-rounded as an individual and a professional. And through that acquisition of knowledge, you'll be able to pivot and find your way um, and, and make the right decision for, for your next steps in your career. 
That, that's amazing. I think that's uh, a lot of great and useful insights. And uh, yeah, I think I uh, would love to have you back on future episodes to dive deep into more things because a, a lot of our audience, I'm sure, would love to pick your brain on uh, like the student programs and summer programs and getting into that. And then uh, maybe talking a little bit more on, on HR, at least the parts of HR that you've touched already, kind of like the pros and cons, what you like, what you didn't like. And it's, it's your perspective and, and experience, but I think it would be useful for that. And then any other things, because I know we talked about uh, your interest in like uh, DNI, diversity and inclusion and things like that. And, and whatever other topics that uh, might be interesting to you. So thanks so much, Nora, for, for coming on and, and sharing your uh, insights and perspectives and uh, look forward to chatting a little bit more and, and getting to know more about you and your experiences. Thanks for having me, Lucky. It's great. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.